0: to Punch Board Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 47, the Punch Boarders talk about some recent plays. We're going to head over to a Kickstarter corner. We're going to look back at the estates. And finally, we will review the new hotness on Mars. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey,
1: I'm Chad. And I'm Richie. Hey, happy birthday, my friend. Yeah, oh, buddy. Oh, I did just have
0: a little birthday. Yeah.
1: Woo-hoo.
0: Do you feel older and more curmudgeonly? I every single day I do. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's my goal <laughs> is to be more older and or B- Curmudgeonly, yeah. Curmudgeonly. Craig, yes. That's your new Woo. triple
1: consonant nickname, current. Uh, Crusty curmudgeon clef. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Right. That's, hey,
0: if a game sucks, it's got to be told it sucks. That's my <laughs> new motto. All right. I'm not gonna, Fantastic. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush anymore. You know. yep. Or sure do we'll I ever? It. All right. Uh, so more importantly, we just got back from a little local con, ATB con. Yeah, the across the board con that uh,
1: our fellas, our friends set up, and we had some listeners come and game with us. That was great. Met some guys from the Slack chat that we had only only kind of chatted with online.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was um, it was a great weekend. I mean, a great uh, a great venue. I mean, they really did a nice job. It was uh, a place in Nebraska City called the Lead Lodge and. Really nice place.
2: Perfect weather for a board game convention. <laughs> yes, it was icy super cold. and snowy. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was a little bit dicey getting there, uh, but then once we got there, you didn't have to go anywhere. No, it I was... didn't go outside
2: for three days. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> absolutely, that's the truth. We sat there, we played games, and we uh, had the f- the food was right there because we had the dinner that was right upstairs. Clef had perfect. all the steak he could eat. I did. I ate a lot of steak.
2: And he drank a lot of chocolate milk out of wine glasses. I did.
0: <laughs> drink a lot of chocolate milk. And I spent the weekend in my pajamas. Um it was, it yep, was wonderful. Did. Yeah. You did. Dan looked like I swear, Dan
1: was like a dead ringer for the big Lebowski walking <laughs> around ever, in that robe. Have you ever awesome. seen
2: the movie uh, Blank Check? With oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That with him with that wine glass and the chocolate milk in his pajamas, <laughs> that just that's what that's what I thought of. <laughs> yep. was a little kid with unlimited money,
1: I
0: was having the time of my life. It was wonderful, and they—I just kept asking for chocolate milk, and they just kept bringing me glasses of chocolate milk. It was nobody, so, so. nobody cleft off this weekend. Was, uh, and then, like, I got to my actual birthday, which was a day after, and I was like, "Man, I don't have any chocolate milk." I was kind of depressed. I was I have that chocolate milk.
1: Well, we also played some darn good games there too. Yes, we That's
0: did for sure, and. I really the started of this off with because boy I everybody knows how much I love the game of root. I want to hear Richie tell us about the <laughs> nine hour game of root that, that was, they It was
1: nine hours, right?
2: I, I mean, technically, yes. We started uh, right after we played, or no? I think we were like in the last round of Sidereal uh, Confluence. Which I mean, that game broke my mind for a little bit.
1: Oh man, that was a crazy game. We actually, uh, I want to say here we had uh, the Board Boys, uh, the Board Boys podcast from Des Moines. They joined us too. And uh, Campbell from the Board Boys taught us sidereal, and that sidereal it, confluence was crazy. Yeah, and he did a great job teaching it. He did. But
2: part way through his teaching, I just had the sinking feeling it's like, wait a minute, what if I'm really dumb? And this is how I'm finding this out. It's like no, <laughs> right. one, no one's told me for my entire <laughs> life, and now I'm figuring out that I'm just a big old dumb-dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay no hold on let's start here then what what happened in this game to make you feel that well way? Let, let me just say
1: and it was great because he did do a good job teaching but he also said to us he goes all right well so so you're trading you're trading a lot you know and you want to get this kind of a uh, uh, of a trade and you this is worth one this is worth one and a half when you trade this you want to try to add these two components together because you're trading cubes for cubes but then some are big and some are small so you're trying to work that out and he said "He said to Richie, he goes, okay, are you a guy that likes to know the math of it and understand the math, or do you just want to do the instinct thing? Do you like the instinct? And it, what it really sounded like was, so do you like really get into and analyze games, or are you kind of just dumb, and you're just looking
0: really <laughs> 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 around? I'm sure that's not I, what he meant. So no, I'm sure that's... Richie answered, I just want to do the game and yeah, not think. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> but I, really,
2: I actually enjoyed that. I would play it again. I think it's definitely going to be a con game, because yeah. you definitely need the full... What we have six or seven?
1: I think we had seven. We had
2: seven. Yeah, Yeah, you want a large player count. So I I could never see playing this with anything less than that.
0: I played it not too long after local listener Jake got it. And we played it, I think maybe it's six or seven. I can't remember. Might have been the first game we he played of it. And it it just felt a little for me at least, you know, the the whole negotiating thing I wasn't a real big fan of. You know, I'm more just like a tell me where to stick my worker to get my you know my resources i don't want to you know trade with people or whatever but i think it helps to play that
1: game with people that know it fairly well so they can help you because there were times where i was like okay i need this campbell and campbell was like okay nothing you have is going to get you that but you could trade with this person and then i could give you this for that you know and and that made things less static okay yeah really people were working around the table Uh, but the same token i think you were just richie and i were just standing there for a while and sometimes people would be like okay here you go you're gonna take this and this is a good trade and you're gonna take that you know what i mean but it's just it's the nature of it because that game is
0: because really it's all about negotiating and trying to get the best deal that you possibly can and then trying to get other things up and running that are get you more resources exactly yeah you You have to
1: figure out what your engine is because some of those races are a little bit crazy too i mean richie and i had some of the easier ones to play obviously but
2: yeah and the one that i had you basically flipped out of a deck you turn in some resources and you got to flip out of a deck and sometimes it would give you something good sometimes it wouldn't be great depending on where where you were but yeah, yeah. Be campbell without campbell i ended up in third place without him i would have been i wouldn't have scored any points most likely <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
0: well that's good so somebody who really helped uh uh turn it around so uh, i'm gonna tell a real quick story about campbell here before we move on to to the root story here okay i have taught maracaibo quite a few times now to to people okay the new Alexander Fisher game, for those who don't know who this game is. But one of the actions in this game is is get a dollar, right? And it became a joke between Michelle and I, or one of our local listeners, about when I would teach it, I'd be like, all right, this is a tough action. You know, all right, get a dollar, right? So at some point, I said to her, I was teaching it uh, one of the nights, and I said to her, you know, hey, Michelle, I'm confused on this action, you know, jokingly. And then she turned around to Campbell, and I didn't know Campbell at the time, right? You know, I didn't know him very well. And she said to him the same thing. Well, Campbell being who obviously seems like a very good teacher and a very good ambassador, like right away comes over and goes, okay, so when you get action, like really starts explaining and trying to, you know, figure out why we don't understand this action. And I finally had to stop him and go, Campbell, I'm just messing. I understand the action. I played this game like 11 times already type of thing. And he just gave me this look like, you jerk face. Yeah. <laughs> As he should. As, <laughs> As he exactly, should, yeah. you know. So anyways, but uh, Campbell seems like a really good guy to yep. learn a game like this from because he seems like he's a good teacher and really kind of uh, wants other people to succeed in the game, especially you know if it's something he likes. Or right, whatever, it's right. one of his favorite games. Yeah, so absolutely. That's he wanted good. to make
1: sure we all had a good experience, and I think that was that was the case. That's that's good. I always S- like that, yeah. Speaking of a good experience, tell us about this nine-hour route. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, We, we went away <laughs> off on here. Yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, so
2: Mason comes over in the last round of Sidereal, and he was like, hey, we're getting a five-player game route together. I've never played a five-player. Five-player game route together, uh, me, you, uh, Dan, Brent, Corey. I was like, oh yeah, come in. And I feel like I got bamboozled a little bit. So then we finish up Sidereo. I go over, I sit down at root. Brent takes a turn. Corey takes a turn. Then they all stand up and say, all right, we're in the Crokinole tournament. What? <laughs> and so we're going to pause the game. And I had not been paying attention to what, you know, how long the Crokinole tournament was going to be or whatever. So, you know, I just kind of float around. I play some light games here and there, thinking that maybe at some point we would all come back. This is at, we started the game at 1 p.m. Around 6 p.m., I just I, I go grab myself a couple of drinks because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember seeing it because I thought for... you brought me a drink and you're like, no, these are both yeah, for yeah, me. They, yeah, I both remember mine. that. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there no chocolate milk in these. these no.
2: So uh, yeah, I started drinking at that point because I've been waiting forever and and I've been playing games in between this. But I've everyone's trying to lock me into longer and longer games and I'm like, you know, we got we got this route set up sure, on the table sure, we're sure. gonna get back to it don't worry of course dan is ridiculously good at crokinole apparently
0: ridiculously good at crokinole yes
2: and he goes to the final game and i think it ended at
0: nine is it that was, when it, ended it, it was late i know it, that. Was late. it was a long day of crokinole interrupting a lot of people's games and guess. he didn't even win yeah no he's still ended up losing.
2: <laughs> uh so nine o'clock we get back to the game of root i've had a few drinks at that point <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a strategy of everybody else. It was at this point, Richie's saying he's giving away like f- all of his games now. He's like past. If it's not a six, it's out. Pretty much i right. I'll, I'll keep right, five right. as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but then we get back in the room, we take uh, and we start playing again. We get maybe like a half hour in, and then Dan has to go record something for Across the Board Podcasts.
0: We got delayed again.
2: So they got delayed again, <laughs> <laughs> and we played a game of Tiny Towns while he, while while he was gone. Uh, but then finally we get down and we start playing, and it was a blast, absolute blast at five. Uh, I mean, especially with that group. Uh, I did terrible. I was the Beavers, which they are a low aggression.
0: Oh, that Faction. already does not sound like That's Richie. For you. No,
2: you got to be nice and like I'm trying to get people to buy my wares, to buy my cards and to go shop at my stores. But you're the war profiteer, right? Yeah, but the, but you can't go around smacking people because then they they're just not going to buy your stuff. They'll just avoid you and they'll start blowing up your uh, trade post and when they do that, that cuts your funds in half and so now you you really can't do much if that starts happening. But then, I mean, it got to a point where I was trying to be nice, I was trying to get people interested in my cards, and your son kept saying that he was going to come over and buy my stuff, and he wouldn't, and he didn't, and I said, look... <laughs> Sounds like him. If you Mason, if you don't come over here and buy a card in the next turn, I'm going to just start attacking you, and then I'm just going to start attacking everyone. <laughs> and once again, like I said, I, I've had a few drinks at this point, so this... This strategy should not have been said out loud. I should have just kept that to myself, because then they they pretty much took me out of the game and started attacking me. Threatening people. But we had a great time with that. finished it up. Actual gameplay, I would say we played maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Sure, Sure. Total. So Brent pulled out a win with the Woodland Alliance, and then we were talking about, and it was actually ended up pretty close, except for me. I was at... I was a, in, dead last in that game. And then we we were all talking around the table, and then we kind of all went our separate ways. So then I'm playing uh, Felix the Cat in the Sack. I missed that? Yeah, you did miss that. Ah! <laughs> I think you were playing uh, either City or Yeah, And that was a blast as well. And uh, Mason comes up. Now it's like 1.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And Mason comes up, and he's like, hey you know if i would have said let's throw root back on the table would you have said yeah and i was like yeah that was a great game yeah I would, I would definitely have done it and he said okay and he just walked off and then he comes back and he says all right another five player game of root in like 15 minutes <laughs> and i said it was one in the morning uh 1 30 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> you
1: still had cocktails though
2: oh yeah 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 and <laughs> so i was like yeah, yeah, count me in bamboozled again because i get to the table and now there's six players Whoa! Because they threw AJ in there. Oh, okay. And he's going to be the second vagabond. And I've never played with two vagabonds, so of course I was like, "Yeah, we're doing this." And AJ had not played before, but he had watched part of our game, so we gave him a Kinda. quick teach. Okay. He did fantastic. He picked it up on a quick. And I will say that once again, this game was it was fun. We finished at four thirty. No, 4.15-ish, maybe? Yeah,
0: because you finished just a little bit later than my Maracaibo game yeah. finished, which I think we that well, was about 4 a.m. that we finished with Maracaibo. Yep. Right.
2: Okay. We were all dying, but we had a great time playing that. The two Vagabonds was interesting. I, I just don't know if Root is great at 6, though. Like, it was fun with that group, but I don't know if I want to right. play it at 6. Normally not. 4 yeah. to 5. Okay. 4 to 5. 5 was actually really good. 6, we were all dying, and Dan was literally falling asleep like during his turn. <laughs> And in between turns. (laughs) (laughs) So, because I would say for the whole con, I think I probably got like eight hours of sleep total.
0: I think that's probably about three more hours than me.
2: Which is, I mean, that's a good sign of a a good good con. con. There you go. Absolutely. But yeah, Root, probably the. Two longest games of Root that I've ever played and will ever play, but it was a blast. It was a blast. Cool. That is awesome. And the new expansion, just got tracking for it.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. I will say, I was in that late Maracaibo game, and that was my first play of it. Absolutely love that game. Just great. And uh, we played with some guys that just... Uh, it was great to. They kind of made our weekend. It was fun to hang out with them. Great guys. And Clef, I mean, not that he's not a good teacher anyway, but he was a great teacher of this game. And let me tell you something because this, this Mark Haibo, as you know, Richie, because you played it, Mark Hybo has those sort of like story cards. They don't change the game a whole lot, but they're, you know, they're the story campaign, campaign cards that you play through. And he set it up so that we played the campaign, and he was talking to me about how much he liked it because he really likes it. When those story cards would come out, Clef was turning into mother-flipping Charles Dickens, man. <laughs> I mean, like, he was like he was so... There's a plague. He was There's so broken excited. Broken out in the Caribbean. He was so ex- I've never seen him get into theme this much. So is that how you're teaching
2: it from now on, is I, with that first I campaign game? Yeah.
0: I just throw it right I, in I there think and that's say, a good idea. Here's this game. I mean, this is what this... The game is great, and we're obviously... This is going to be a future review, so I'm not going to get it entirely into the game. But the game is great by itself. But I just think that this is what I've always been looking for in a Euro game, to have just this touch of this campaign that just just the story sure is whatever, you know, and it's going along. But I just like how it just adds just little things to the board to make it a little bit different. You know, just makes the game have that living you know feel or whatever you know like it's alive and you're so different things are happening to it and yeah normally it's not a big deal to me but in this game it works and i'm gonna tell you right now i mean this cements fister is is my number one i mean there is there is no question about it oh, Yeah, okay? I mean, he's a beast
2: no i i do like how i you know i played the i think the first time you taught me we just played just straight bass game
0: sure i think i was teaching it like that at that point yeah yeah
2: and and it's not that it gets samey going around it's just it's nice that things change Uh uh-huh with the campaign yeah
0: and it's not much it's just like okay there's a new thing that you can do a couple things here or this new spot you can't do that you know type of things like that but it just it works works perfect yeah yeah i tell you that was uh I, i when i started teaching maracaibo at one 30 in the morning I had just got done teaching City of the Big Shoulders and I think earlier I had taught Heaven and ale and then earlier than that I had taught something else I mean I was I was getting a little tough there at the end of the night uh, that, that was a long long day after not very much sleep the night before but the as you said the two people that we were you know' were teaching um, they were Ben Corberly who is uh, from Seattle he knew some guys from Arizona that he used to game with when he used to live in Arizona. And they came up. And so Patrick and Jason were these two guys. And I tell you, great guys, a lot of fun to play with. And, um, you know, hopefully, and they've, they've told us already, you know, hey, what a great time they've had. And that was the experience for me that made the weekend so good. Yeah, the games were great, but the people are really what, what made it. I mean, I, I I'm sure you guys all feel the same way, and that's just was just amazing. Was yeah, just I mean that's yeah.
1: that's why you leave the basement, meet those people, you know. Yeah. It's 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 awesome. Yeah,
0: I don't like leaving the basement very much, but you know, that, <laughs> <Yeah>. that, that, <laughs> but that it was works. worth it. Yeah,
2: <clears throat> they were a, having... a blast to play with, and Jason was a good sport even after the the bus. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> came oh <that>. what happened with <laughs> the bus game? <laughs> I, well, he he, he wanted yeah, like he, to he, score he, one point was his goal, and, and he, he, he ended up with like, like four. three points. Yeah, oh three or four points. Yeah. Whoops!
1: In that game, that's pretty good though.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really, that's yeah, not yeah. bad. That's half my score. Uh, yeah. yeah, And, that's,
2: and he, he was on his losing streak at that point. Right. He had won, he, won, I think, all year, he said. Something but like that. But he really that. turned it around, because he's the one who won the City of the Big Shoulders. He won City of he won the big Bruges, And he actually won, the he won City of the Big Shoulders. And he won City of the Big Shoulders a, The prize, yeah. Referee,
0: awesome. yeah but, uh, so that was great. Well, you
1: were ambassador for another game that got played a few times at ATB Con too.
0: Yeah, this is one of those games where I heard about it from the Dice Tower, and they were talking about it, and I thought, ooh, that sounds kind of interesting, this game. It's called ship shape. And when I first heard about it, they said, you know, it's auction game and you're getting these tiles and I'm always like, okay, auction, I'm always in for listening to. And of course, with my buying habits, I just say, okay, I'll just order it and we'll see what happens, Um, which can be good and can be bad. But I got this game, and there's not really an auction too much in it. Really, you just have a hand of ten cards that are numbered one through ten, and you'll play a card. And when you play your card, you whoever has the highest number when we all we all do this secretly and we we flip it up, you get to take these crates that are basically like cargo that you then put onto a ship, and you'll have three voyages. And so voyage one, you'll drop it on there, and it's kind of a nine by nine grid. And in the the cargo itself, it will always have three spots that have some sort of a cargo on it, and they're always going to be in some sort of different configuration. And you're trying to put them on your board, and you're trying to put them the best way you can. You got some rats to start with on your that are negative points that are on your board, and you're trying to kind of cover them up. And you do this three times, and you got to put them on there. And obviously, once you put one on there, it can't move. It it can only. You know, you just keep stacking on top. And once you get to the third one, everybody then just kind of goes, okay, how much gold? There's three things on there. There's gold, cannon, and contraband. And everybody goes, okay, so how much gold do you have? And you just get points straight for however many, much gold you have, minus if you have any rats showing. Then the second thing you say is cannons. And then so everybody will say how many cannons they have. And you then you go by whoever had the lowest number. So, like, you know, if Richie had 10 and Chad, you had four and I had one, Richie's going to get nine because he's going to take his 10 minus my one. And Chad, you're going to take get three, because you're going to take your four minus my one. So it's just whoever has the least, everybody else takes from there. And then the contraband is just flat. Whoever has the most gets nothing. And then everybody else gets their amount. So sometimes you're like, oh, I got nine contraband. And then somebody goes, I got 13. And then you're like, woohoo, because then you get your nine. And then the object, obviously, is just to get the most money at the end of the three voyages. Has a little bit of a catch-up mechanism in the fact that you're going to count your your money, basically, your score at the end of each round, and whoever has the most gets a harder next voyage that will have a lot more rats and stuff on it compared to somebody who's that who has the least amount of money is going to get a voyage that maybe doesn't quite have as many rats so it has a little bit of a catch-up mechanism um and yeah it was one of those games that uh i think on saturday i played it and people were standing around waiting and like right afterwards everybody's like well, i want to play that you know i want to try to play in that and so i got in with a uh, quite a few people that got to play it and everybody who's playing it just it's a fun little game it takes like 15, 20 minutes and it takes like, you know, five minutes, not even five, like three minutes to explain and it takes like 15, 20 minutes to play. A real nice, fun, light uh, party game, but, you know, it's just enjoyable. And it's,
1: I, I found it to be like a really snappy, snappy filler game that, you know, light gamers, heavy gamers, everyone can get in on it and enjoy, enjoy it for what it is
0: yeah uh, absolutely
1: so yeah that's that's a great one well we talked about games like you picked that up and i want to say this was surprising to me rob davio designed it and it was from calliope games and i was mm-hmm. well it's a rob davio game i haven't heard of and right, you know right, with calliope yeah. i was really surprised yeah. but you know you hit on it but let's talk about a game that you recently played that you didn't hit on so much
0: you, you mean what did you call it richie uh la snorza la snorza <laughs> oh boy i think that's accurate. <sighs> All right, first of all, I'm going to start off by saying, the game is Listanza, and I'm going to start off by saying, Nuno and Paulo, I love you guys, okay? Absolutely. I love you guys. You make literally one of my favorite games of all time in Madeira. You make one of Richie's favorite games of all time in Nippon, Mm -hmm. um, and I love Nippon too. They have made some amazing, nice, heavy Euro type of games. This is not one of them. First of all, let me describe the game, I guess. It is a rondelle game where you're taking your piece and you're just kind of going. There's five rooms and you're kind of hopping on these different paintings of characters that are in five different colors. You basically move your guy one to four spots. You grab a a painting or a character, whatever you want to call them, and move them down to your board, your recruiting area. And then you can basically at that point then activate a room either by where your piece is or by hiring a person you can activate them. Or you can discard one of these meeples or whatever. And then each one of the rooms is really about the same. I mean, one, you move up a discovery, like a track, which is your kind of your money track. One, you just get to put some books on your boards. Uh, you know, one of the rooms you can get, some more influence basically, like I think they call it was called the religion one where you can bump up your your strength basically of how much you have. So really you're doing this and the rounds are really quick. I mean it's when you get two rooms emptied and and then it's just most victory points at the end of the game. And I just I felt like when I was playing it, There's just not a lot of decision-making. You're just really like, okay, well, I'm starting in on the red strength. And so I'm just, you know, that's who I'm going to go grab grab, or, you know, whatever, the blue one. And then there just wasn't a lot of interaction. There wasn't a lot of thought. And I played this and now caveat, I've only played a two-player, okay? So do not take this as a, you know, I don't know, maybe three or four players. Maybe it gets a little bit more interesting. I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. But I I feel like there was nothing that like when Richie and I just played it, there was nothing going on. There was no thought about, "Oh, I can go grab that person before Richie does or I can do this." To to just really felt very non exciting, like there was no nothing that was giving me that very stale. Yeah, no tingly feeling like when I like I get in a Euro game that's like that really strong Euro game.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think the only thing that would save it would be what's the max player count? Is it five? Uh, Four. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I mean, I think it should go up to five. I think if it was at five, that would get really tight. But even the money, like with the financier action, like when you were describing that at first, because that will start pushing off the the people that you have right, hired. Right. I took money once in the game. Yeah, I think and I that's took all it I needed. it.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly my other game. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I mean it, the money's not that tight. Like it, it kind of seems like it's tight, but I mean honestly, like I said, I took money once during the game and I had enough that lasted me the rest of the game, and I came yeah. out with the win. Yeah. So it, and there's really nothing that you did to get in my way going after the bonus tiles. Might get more interesting with more people,
0: I suppose. But I didn't but even really find those bonus tiles to be all. No, that they weren't
2: that exciting because I mean, most of them just gave you some type of benefit. But they did. are there some in there that give you victory points.
0: Uh, like a few of a them, couple like of there's them. There's a couple of them, but it depends on if they come out or not. Yeah. And the weird thing, and what Richie and I were also describing talking about is, we're not sure who this game is targeted for. Because, I mean, most people are going to think Nuno and Paulo, you know, heavy type of a Euro game. Quinted games, you know, normally fairly heavy Euro games. So I don't, I but I, I don't think, I mean, heavy gamers are going to be like, you know. Too light. Yeah, get this off my table. What is this, you know? And I think light gamers are going to look at it and go, well, they won't. I mean, well, they that won't. looks stale they won't, and boring to me. No theme, you yeah, know? I mean, they're yeah, not going to get past that cover. Yeah, it's just not going to be all that no. exciting. Um, I mean, the production is. Great coins. Yeah, the coins, Great coins are really nice, and that
1: production. Yeah, overall production is really oily
0: good. cover.
1: Yeah, so. the UV spotting on the mm. cover is cool.
0: I really shouldn't talk about this before I try to sell this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do I got? Like I got <laughs> like five days. Yeah, like five days. Five days <laughs> before yeah, this. Right. So, okay, it happens though. I mean, you're not gonna not every game is gonna hit with every single run. person. And
1: uh, yeah, not every game's for everybody. So yeah,
0: and I mean, yeah, it's just not not a game that just quite is gonna hit the wheelhouse for me. And, uh, but you know what? Doesn't mean next time Nuno and Paulo come out with something, I'm not going to be first in line to give it a shot and and see what it's like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So that's, that's, that was Listanza.
1: Well, I rode a seesaw of emotions on saturday when i played flotilla for the first time Ooh. with a group Ooh, i wanted to play that
2: that i had to pass on that because i was still waiting on route well let
1: me tell you yeah <laughs> well, when you you're were, in a nine-hour game just, of route you gotta pass on a lot of things <laughs> yeah, R- richie wa- was wandering around two fist in it and sort of <laughs> scoffed at us at one point but uh you would like flotilla if not if for nothing else then it's action selection me- mechanism because it uses Concordia so okay. much so that the cards are even kind of copies of Concordia actions. In fact, well, let, let me let me explain this game a little bit. So the the theme of the game, right, is like the nineteen fifties and a nuclear test goes awry and ruptures the earth somehow and it, it makes the the waters rise and and massive radiation. So it's it's kind of like uh, what is that Waterworld with Kevin Costner? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, God, that was a Awful movie <laughs> awful, awful, but you saw you, you like waterworld oh God, this <laughs> is the euro remember. trip this is euro I don't tripping. remember
0: no, it was no euro trip let's not get crazy <laughs> <laughs> i don't I don't remember it very well well
1: i'm not a big. Kevin Costner fan, anyway. I'm of the mind actually that his best performance was in The Big Chill, which was when he played a dead body and got cut out of the rest <laughs> of the movie. <laughs>
2: wow. Yeah.
1: Shots fired.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: Boy, anyway. they're just ruined. Kevin Costner ever listening to our podcast? <laughs> He's like
1: turning this off. Uh, but no, it's a Water, water World, uh, uh, aka Flotilla. You are playing cards down for actions, just like Concordia. One of them, in fact, is... Pick up all your cards and get money for how much you picked up, which is the captain card. Another one is play this down and it's traders, so you can trade stuff in for money or for resources. Another one is copy actions of somebody else's card out on the table, so you can see this is very Concordia, right? Sounds
0: mm-hmm. sounds very Concordia.
1: But the interesting thing is all the cards have an opposite side to them. So if you are a sink cider, which means you're kind of living on this boat, then you play those sides of the cards. And if you're a sky sider, then you're playing the other side of the card. Sink-siders are basically doing actions like they're moving their boat around and building out tiles exploring the ocean. And then when they explore the ocean, they're diving down. Sometimes they'll get radiation, which isn't a good thing, but they'll roll dice and they'll see what resources you get. They're like red, yellow, green, blue, and they'll sell those resources to the market. But then what's really interesting is the sky-siders actually use those resources to build the floating town. So they take those tiles that they may have saved up and build a a floating town from the resources because any time in the game that you want to you can become a Skysider from being a Sinksider. And you just flip everything over. You change everything. It's, it's a big, massive reconstruction. You get rid of your ships because you're not a boat person anymore. And it's really interesting because the market totally changes. So for quite a while, the four of us, because it was a four-player game, we were all Sinksiders. And we kept selling stuff to the market, these resources that we you know dive for and get. And the market makes that go down. So then you sell like blue barrels, right? A ton of blue barrels and the price of blue barrels goes from like five or six to two or zero and you just get victory points for it, right? So we're kind of like, what? what's going on? You know what? I don't, I don't know if I like this, but then uh, our buddy Michelle, she decided I'm going to forget it. I'm going to pull some levers. I'm going to be a sink uh, skysider. So she flips her tiles over and it wasn't the best timing. Cause you got to figure out the timing and th- your first game. You're never going to know when's a good time with this, but she didn't have extra tiles built up. She hadn't explored a lot because those are the ones you're going to be able to flip over and build as a floating city or whatever. But she started then buying those resources because now instead of money, when you're a sink cider, which is what you want, she wanted the resources that we're producing. So then she would buy them and make them shoot back up on the market, and then she would score a bunch of points by—it's kind of a tile-laying game where you're trying to build certain blue tiles or red tiles or whatever together and score points. The more you can connect, Mm -hmm. the bigger the city of the same color, you're going to score more points. So, And then there were also areas where you could go to pick up objective tiles. You had to spend money or resources, depending on which— faction you were to get these objective tiles and it was a lot of money but then you'd score points if you were meeting them and stuff when you got them the game is set up so that depending on player count you have a pool of victory points and once those are gone you use the reserve up for the last turn and then that's it but it is a fascinating experience and at first i was really annoyed because there are faqs there's some card misprints and stuff and i will say that i had read the rules probably two weeks prior and not read them since. And so we really had to go through, and that's never the best experience for a game, I'll admit that, but we all really wanted to play it. So there were some barriers to the game. I wasn't happy about that. Like I said, there were some problems in the rules that weren't clear and and those sort of things, but it it was fascinating to see that tug and pull and how going to change the market was very interesting
0: okay you've said fascinating like four times (laughs) did you like it
1: i'm playing it again i will definitely play it again what it seems to me right like is there there's a lot to explore i want to see could i go to be a skysider in the first turn and make it work you know, could I, st- I stayed cider actually the whole time. Somebody else went to Sky cider, So there were two and two basically kind of making that economy run. And I didn't get close on points, but I just wanted to see what it would be like just kind of holding steady. Could everybody flip, you know, what would that look like? Those kinds of things. There's a lot to explore there. And it's very interesting, like I said, fascinating, but what I'm curious about, and I've only had one play, is once you figure some of those things out and you've explored enough, can you math out the victory points? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that, like I said, for now, I want to get more plays in, and the card play is still interesting, like Concordia and figuring out how to do what when and even sort of manipulating each other because you can see oh i see he's going to dive down and get blue barrels i better sell my blue barrels this turn and then he's going to get nothing or oh i'm going to try to produce this red resource but maybe i don't want to produce too much of it because that's going to give too many points to the right. skysider you know hmm. so there's a nice give and take with the market mechanism and i haven't explored that enough so that's that's worth it right there I which
0: mean, we're ready to play it right yeah i mean we'll it yep. a shot
1: i was looking at this game once
2: again chad saved me a purchase and some money because i was going to buy this game because it was described to me as con- a, a meaner concordia oh And you know i like being mean and i like concordia so
0: sure
1: so that i i can't i can't say it's going to be an evergreen like concordia but if you are like me and you feel like you should like concordia but it's broccoli or something you don't you know the theme in this is stronger and it feels like there's a little bit more going on so it it, concordia is dry as a bone usually i don't care about that but it is so dry he throws so much shade at concordia even though he claims he likes it he still owns it i do (laughs) you just called it broccoli buddy i know broccoli (laughs) without cheese yeah that's right (laughs) i could take i could take some hollandaise flotilla is the hollandaise sauce on my concordia broccoli Mm. now what faction won uh it was skysiders i believe skysiders. But again, there were some rules discrepancies that we since cleared up i mean we gotcha. sort of ruled them mostly in michelle's favor but uh not all of them were oh, so, so michelle's one who pulled out the win yeah. with the skysiders
0: okay mm, interesting right. yeah i want to try it yeah I'll it's give it definitely a shot. worth a play just to wrap up ATB con a little bit i mean for one thing for me like i said it was an amazing weekend i mean listen to some of these other games i got to play all right i'm just i'm bragging now for everybody I got to play Wildcatters, which is one of the best games yeah, going. Very good. Got very to good. play that with Richie and then Ben Carverly and then uh, Mr. Terraforming Mars himself, uh, Chad C, who great came Great guy. Down. So yeah. good to oh, meet him in absolutely. person. Absolutely. That was so great to meet him. We joked at some point that we'd catch him in the corner back there playing Terraforming Mars solo, but no, that's not the case. <laughs> well, it would have taken him <laughs> five minutes probably. So yeah. Probably He'd just fly right through it. Um, but we got to play, like I said, we got to play Wildcatters, which was amazing. Um, we got, I got to play, I got to play Nations. I got to play Heaven and Ale. I got to play City on the Big Shoulders. I played Maracaibo uh, three times. I taught three different people over the course of the weekend. So I got to play some great games, but I'm going to tell you the surprise of the weekend for me. All right. Remember my resolution about how sometimes I got to go back over and try a game again mm-hmm. to find out whether it's, you know, maybe I missed something. You know? So a game that I poo-pooed on, okay, Uh, first of all, let me, I'll set up this wonderful story, okay? So the end of the con, I'm taking Ben and Chad back to the airport, but they've got a few hours before they got to get back to the, to to pick up their flight, right? So I'm like, well, let's go out and have some dinner, right? We looked for a couple places. They were closed on Sunday. I don't understand it, but they were closed. So at some point, Dan is also driving and he's like, yeah, I'll come join you guys for dinner. He's like, hey, let's just go to Popeye's because- it was quick, easy. We just figured we'd go into Popeye's. We would just sit there and talk and, and, you know, talk about the con and stuff and enjoy. Well, you
1: also were trying to show them what a good burger was in Nebraska. Right. And that failed, right? Uh,
0: well, no. No. Because Thursday night we we got them to go to Pizza Pie Guys and we got burgers. <laughs> yeah, there. so okay. they they, they right. got the best burger in Omaha. That's not a problem. All right, one. definitely if the It best... wasn't so far away from where the airport is compared to where we were. We would have went back yeah. to there. So
2: definitely the best burger by a pizza
1: joint okay. in Omaha. That's what I'll. That's give probably it, the
0: best burger by a pizza joint in the world. You guys missed out. By <laughs> yeah, you probably guys missed <laughs> out.
1: They they missed out Stella's because Stella's was closed and yeah, other places were closed yeah
0: you know stella's is good and they would have i'm sure they would have enjoyed it but i mean it's not as good as pizza pie, well anyway but that's anyways, how you ended up at popeyes so we ended up at popeyes and we get in there and first of all the door is iced over like i mean i'm talking <laughs> ice by the way it's zero degrees outside for those of you who live in warmer climates and we get in there and like the workers are in like parkas all right there's mm-hmm. no heat at all I'm like, how is this place open <laughs> I mean, these other places are closed, <laughs> no big deal, and this place is open, and it's got no heat. I'm like, are you kidding me? But we order because, you know, we're there, and we're hungry. <laughs> and so then we go stand over and eat, and it's one of those things where I think pretty much— chad ben dan and i pretty much like huddled together i mean we were like eating like on top of each other to try to stay warm we chow down as fast as we possibly can and we got out of there and then back to the original you know so i just had to tell that story because i don't know it's freezing cold popeyes and
2: i'm yeah i'm shocked that they so, stayed open i don't know what's the point
0: so then we went to Krispy Kreme, and Krispy Kreme had a wonderful heater and we had some donuts and then ben was like hey let's play llama And I go, no, that game's stupid. I don't want to play that game. And Ben's like, you don't understand. This game is awesome. And I said, okay, all right, pull it out. So then we pull it out and we start playing. And, of course, I'm once again, I'm not, you know, I'm just, anytime my number comes up, I'm just tossing my number down. And then at some point, Ben starts to do this strategy where it's his turn and he would just draw a card. Have you played this, Richie? I have not played it. You've played it, right, Chad? Yes, and I want to say I freaking told you. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, okay? I just trust Ben better than I trust you. Um, uh, <laughs> but Ben, he just starts drawing cards, like, every time, not playing, just drawing. And, like, he's got 15 cards, 20 cards, 30 cards, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're terrible at this game. You really don't have a four whatever it was, right? Well, at some point, I forget exactly, but then it, it goes to to uh, the rest of us that were all out or something or it played down. And all of a sudden, it's Ben's turn, and Ben just goes, bloop, and just plays his entire hand because he was just drawing up, trying to get, you know, like was just getting a run of every card, which he said, you got to be real careful because if you all of a sudden, if you get stuck and you don't have a number, and then you, you know, you could obviously then you're going to get stuck with a ton of points. But yeah, he just dropped his whole hand. All of a sudden, this little light bulb went in and I said, okay, there's a little bit more strategy in this game than what I thought. So then we keep playing. And I was doing really bad, almost had busted. Like 40 points is how you like bust the game or whatever. But I was real close. And then all of a sudden, I started figuring some things out. You know, not all the time do you have to play a card. I mean, sometimes it is better to draw, or sometimes it's just better, you know, you got a one and a two, you know, or one and three twos or something. You might just put down, you know, like, okay, I, I, this is a decent score at this point. So then I started, like, doing a little bit better. And I went out a couple of times and got to give Bagak a couple of my black chips. And all of a sudden, Ben goes, whoa. Clef, you know, you're in the lead. And then I informed him that's because I read the Ben Coberly book on how to win at Llama. And I just was sitting down there and just reading it as fast as I possibly could. <laughs> it was really funny. It was one of those things you probably had to be there a little bit more, but it was it was just one of those fun moments that where you just sometimes don't realize a game can have the potential that it does. And it was just, it was after that, it was just a blast. And it was just more fun just to, uh, we were all trying to outthink each other. And I mean, it it became like we were playing brass, you know, with llama. You know? <laughs> it was literally like that. I'm just and saying. I'm telling you, it was, it might have been one of the highlights of the weekend for me. It was just so much fun sitting there in that Krispy Kreme. Uh, the heat was blasting down on us, thankfully. And it was just having a good time playing llama. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And Chad, I will officially say you were right. <laughs> I was wrong. Okay, everybody, put it down. You were right, and I was wrong. I'm not going yes. okay? yes. to say it very often. Okay, not going to say it very often.
2: Folks, just keep that in mind when you hear a negative review from Clap. <laughs> I so, wish we would add video during why you were explaining that because Chad is just very animated. He was. He's like he's excited. Yeah, yeah, I told he's, you that. He's excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on now. I told you that. All right. All right. Yes. So if you haven't played Llama, check it out. It's a pretty fun game. I think you, and I think you had talked about this on the former podcast saying, you know, you can play it with your family just for kind of a fun game and it's it's easy. But I'll tell you right now, you get four gamers together and start playing that thing and you got a whole other experience. Right? I'll tell you that much. though. So, yep. uh yeah. I think I have gotta get a copy of this thing actually. Yes, you do. That's it's crazy. so
1: it's so cheap. I mean Oh
2: yeah. I think it's, it's like ten bucks on yeah. Amazon.
0: Yeah. It's a deck of cards. Richie, I think you chips. might need to buy that. So yeah,
1: mm-hmm. that I a,
2: only that have three. I, I, I made three purchases. This three purchases. This month. middle of January, have, hey, I I'm good. I've, you know how many I'm purchases seven. I passed up. <laughs> 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 you should, you're Proudly, ship shape was my last purchase after the con. Oh,
1: wow, he bought ship shape. Well, well of course. You taught you me did. here, and then
2: <laughs> I played it while I was, you know, trying to save time for root. <laughs> I played it a drinking. couple <laughs> times, well, and I was like, it's a good family way, good bidding game, and yeah. Already played with Jessica; she loved it.
0: Yeah. Did you play it two player?
2: Uh yeah, we played one two player, but we have now we have a new uh in the middle of the week depends on the day, but it's like usually like Tuesday or Wednesday group, and uh, there's about six of us, so oh, yeah, wow, perfect cool. for that one. Okay, the two much. player is not great.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I've <laughs> no. never, I've not played it at two player. There's like a dummy player or something yeah, involved in there. Yeah, not great. I haven't played it at that. That's I've always played it with the bigger count. So
1: all right, okay, well, guys. Yeah, speaking of dummies, Clef, let's go to your Kickstarter corner. <laughs>
0: Richie, can you please uh, delete that part from this <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I think this is really his Kickstarter corner this time. <laughs> I, I, I think it's been long been Chad's Kickstarter corner. I don't even know why. It has been
2: still for a while, this. actually.
0: Chad, what do you got for
1: Kickstarter corner this week? Well, I think, I mean, we were talking, and I think this is actually a Richie game, right?
2: I backed it. This was one of my three purchases this so, There we month. go. So. But I did not actually look into it like you did. <laughs> I just saw Cole Worley, and I hit buy.
0: It's it's like seeing Nuno and Paulo. It exactly. Hit and buy. Just, yep. You do it, and, you know, so...
1: All right, well, I, I didn't game? buy this, but I'm glad that Richie did. It is Oath from Leader Games, and it looks... I think it's one to six players. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so it's one to six players, it is a, it's a card game, but it's also got some campaign elements almost. It, it hasn't said that, but supposedly you can play it and the decisions that you make in a game can last for games and games and games. So there is a persisting element, let's say, to this game, and they have maintained that you can play it with new players. So you, in other words, you do not have to have the same group every time. You just have to have the same maybe number of players, but... You've got a card market, and that card market looks like it's moving around, basically, and... You can move to the cards to do some things. You can also get influence in those cards. You have what they call, I think, a cohort. And if your cohort has the same suit as some of the cards that are out, you can gain influence. And uh, the oath portion is basically like a mechanism where uh, whatever oath is out, and there's a bunch of different oaths, but whatever oath is out on the board is the way to score points for that particular game. But it, it looks very interesting. Again, it's it's wordley wordly. And it is, you know, this sort of uh, persistent elements in games and how it's going to change over games. What kind of story that's going to tell. So when this episode drops, you'll have about five or six more days, I think. Yeah. And you can get in on it. The base pledge is what? 90? 90, 90 bucks. 90 bucks. Yeah. There you go. Uh, again, it looks like Root uh, because it's got that great Kyle Farren art on it. A lot of character to it. And, uh, the card system, the way it plays out with the allegiances and stuff kind of reminded me a little bit of PAX premier second edition, but again, there's so much that I don't know about this game, but I would suggest everybody go check it out. Richie's pretty darn excited about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've only played two of his games so far, but there are two games that rank extremely high for me. And I want to try John company. I know that Clef, you know, a guy that has John company, right?
0: I do know a guy that has John Company. And
2: you yes. actually kind of enjoyed John uh, Company? I did. Didn't
0: you? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so you I know, mean,
2: I, just his design style is just interesting and I it hasn't missed for me yet.
0: Right. And I want to play
1: an in infamous traffic. I mean, we're just all he, Cole is doing stuff that doesn't seem to be done a lot in the industry and and he, he's on the forefront, so we're we're interested. So anyway, that's Oath. Check it out.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to take back over my segment real quick. And I want to talk real quick about a game that is not normally our kind of wheelhouse game, but it is being um, put on Kickstarter by a, a friend of ours here uh, from local in Omaha. His name is Alex Woof, and he is putting out a game called For Glory. Now, you guys got to see this game this weekend at ATB Con.
1: Yeah.
0: And I've I've gotten to play it a few times, and in fact, I got mm-hmm. to play it you know, back when it was still kind of in prototype mode. And it's it's basically a two player gladiator game where you have these uh, gladiators that you're going to be putting into arenas. Uh, you know, you're so you're basically looking just to win. Th- I think it's like three of these arena battles or whatever against your opponent, and then, and that's how you kind of win the game. So it's really kind of back and forth um, type of game. So great for for people who like to play two player games, and if you enjoy. Card games that are kind of like that, where you're kind of fighting back and forth. This one would be a real good one to check out. Um, I believe it hits February fourth is when it's scheduled to hit Kickstarter. Uh, so, like I said, if it sounds interesting, it looks beautiful. I mean, you guys got to see it. It looks uh, the card yeah, the art production is, amazing. is really nice. Yeah,
2: art's great. Production I mean, was really nice.
0: And I, and I tell you, and I'm sure this happens with a lot of people with Kickstarter, but he's put his heart and soul into this game. So definitely check it out. See if it's something that you would like and definitely back it if it is something that seems interesting to you. So that's, like I said, for glory. OK, well, now let's head into our featured review of On Mars.
1: Alright, well, Clef, let me ask you something. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to be Matt Damon?
0: Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Well, in this game is all about being Matt Damon. All right? All right. Sign in the me Martian. Up. Okay, so basically, you're playing a game where you are going to be the head astronaut of one of the competing companies to help colonize Mars. And basically, On Mars is an engine building, laying, action selection game for one to four players, where players will be building out their colony and using resources to help create a harmonious Mars experience and score the most points. The most interesting thing about Mars is that this game has a mechanism by which the turn order is has to do with shuttling between the orbital station and the colony. You will be going back and forth, and this shuttle will take you to either location. And then you will be able to choose from different spots, some of which are specifically worker placement, and some are just an action selection that you may have to pay a resource or a certain thing to get. On the orbital side, you have such actions as grab a blueprint for a building, or get a resource, or get a tech tile. And on the colonization side, you may have actions for get a special scientist that can cohabitate on buildings, or build a tile that is part of a larger engine building resource structure that will grant you more resources, or put down an advanced building that will help grant you endgame points or create spots for scientists to go to and get you what are also in the game in ex- executive action. So we know that Lacerda likes to use those executive actions and on your turn, you're always going to get to do a main action and an executive action that you can spend extra resources for. Also on the colony side, you may get to bring a shuttle down that will bring in more people to your colony. There is a lot going on in this game and the, The end game is basically triggered by building up your colony and also fulfilling three objectives that are out on the main board that everyone is moving towards. So it's kind of a group effort to move this marker down for all the objectives, such as build eight buildings collectively or get four scientists collectively. This all changes with player count, but that is kind of a brief overview of a really complicated machine that is on mars
0: all right good job there chad as we always do let's start right into art and components
2: i think this might be my favorite looking lucerta game
1: and that's saying something don't you wow. think that
2: is that is now i i'm a sucker for kind of the sci-fi theme and you know we, we all know we like Ian O'Toole tool art but i think that of his art that this is my favorite that i've that i've seen
0: besides black angel well
2: yeah, but you know <laughs> that puts a little bad taste in the mouth so I uh, just kidding you know on Mars gets it so you like you like the look
0: you like the look of it
2: yeah the components are great the art is fantastic um yeah I really can't think of anything that stands out as bad yeah now I mean given the price of the game maybe because aren't all the components just the cardboard no there's a lot of wood there's a there's lot, lot of wood. okay okay that yeah. you got, you or, got no wood. I'm thinking of the uh those tokens the yeah uh, you
1: do have a lot of cardboard chits, and that's the one ding that i would give this game and eagle griffin's trying to fix it a lot of those chits in the punch board for whatever reason panda produced this and panda had problems with it and the punch board uh chits are are chipping a little bit early they're kind of fraying at the edges a little bit and they've recognized this and on on the eagle griffin kickstarters and pre-orders such as rococo they're they're doing steps to address kind of that. fix that okay. yeah, and address okay. it yeah
2: that would be the only thing that i could think of off the top of my head that was
1: a I mean, negative but there is a lot of wood i mean you got shuttles you've got little matt damons you've got little colonists you've got uh buildings you've got rovers you've got little little
0: johnny fives johnny right. fives bots yeah <laughs> i mean I, I think richie and i both were like Playing around with our little Johnny fives yeah. and you know Matt Damon instead, yeah, instead of listening to the rules. <laughs> yeah, listening to the rules. Yeah, this was a
1: tough teach. Actually, there's so much interconnectedness in this game that sure. this was a tough teach. Yeah, no, yeah, you did a good job. So I mean, you I, did, felt, I
0: felt good, you know, playing it. it. It definitely, and we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, so, Chad, what was your feelings on the for the art and components in this?
1: I'd have to agree with Richie. I think that what is in the box is. A really, a really great system. The way that they put it in the box. The only thing I would do is, I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to take a utility knife and cut the one of the inserts so that you can take s- certain trays mm. out uh, that, oh, yeah. that don't come out. But I mean, honestly, they basically have trays for a lot of the components in right, this game, right. and it, and you need it for how much fiddly bits there are, but it, it, it is a really nicely produced game overall. And again, the art is beautiful. On the back of the board, it's actually just the planet Mars, and it's signed by Vital, and it's really cool.
0: Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, I
1: didn't get to see that.
0: No, uh, no speaking of the, the component or the uh, storage in it, or Joe Farrell, a local listener, said the same thing, that he's going to look at just cutting that because it is a little awkward to pull it out or whatever. But yeah, I would definitely give this game, You know, which normally Eagle Griffin, you're going to get top-notch components you know you're going to get a lot of nice stuff and obviously with Eno tool you know you've got nice art looks good i think that also iconography wise i mean i feel like it's once you kind of know the iconography it's okay now this game is obviously just iconography loaded i mean you're just you know like crazy with it so it takes a little bit to understand what everything is but i think once you do, it's pretty good on the iconography to, to to know what it is. Even since we totally missed a complete action spot the first time we played it, didn't even know, uh, hey, why is that action spot there? We just ignored <laughs> it and didn't realize we could use it. Anyways, so. <laughs> I will say, though, I,
1: I, I will say in my next plays of the game, though, I didn't really use that. No, I wouldn't I, think. I, no, I would think if you are using it, you're in trouble, you're in or in trouble, it's at the
2: very yeah. end of the game. It's and,
0: just a spot that allows you to go back from the orbit down to the planet. But that's right. your whole turn, and it yeah. wastes your turn. Yeah. No. So no, that's not a, It's not a good spot to go to. No. So Chad, uh, we, we briefly touched on this already. That, I mean, the teach, but start off with the rule book because you're the one who read the rule book for us. What? How did you feel like the rule book was? Well, honestly,
1: Liz Bowe is one of my favorite rule books as the way that it's laid out, and mm-hmm. this
0: is laid out pretty
1: close to that. It's a little bit confusing because of how it has to go into turn order a little bit and then come back to certain things, but it's kind of the way it has to be laid out. It's just the the feature of the game. But uh, overall, I think it it is very good. And I played this solo, and the rule book for that is nicely laid out too, uh, which is hard to do because there's little exceptions to what Lacerda, which is the bot, uh, there's little exceptions to what he does. And I will say that that's nice and cleanly laid out as well. So I was impressed with that. Actually,
2: one thing that this could have used that is in Lisboa is a little menu type player aid for everybody
1: right we have you do have those cards right but if you had had the ones for what the the because you have secret objective cards you have um the building things and there's a whole other rule book resource thing but yes if we had gotten separate menus for everybody that would be fantastic yes
0: yeah i'd agree i'd agree on that okay so then let's talk let's talk a little bit about the teach because you've had to teach this now what, three or four times? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've had it too. So, um, I mean, how how do you feel like the teach is for this game? I mean, you said it was pretty pretty tough, but I mean... It gets easier, as you, as you
1: know. The more you play a game, it gets easier to teach. But it just takes a while to get through everything because of how interconnected it is. So, if you're playing with players, uh, and we often are, who want to really know everything so that they can be at least a little bit competitive in the game, it's going to take... 45 minutes to teach yeah. Okay. so but there's enough going on that i don't feel like you lose people the board and stuff like that and how things interconnect if you do it right it's not one of those that i i don't feel like once you've got your teach down it's just so agonizingly boring right
0: right okay let's hit the meat and potatoes then i mean so gameplay um chad i mean you've gotten to play this the most out of us what do you, I mean, give me your initial thoughts on the gameplay of this game.
1: So I've played it at all player counts, one through four. And the most interesting thing about this game, as we've talked about, is the turn order mechanism. And I didn't go into it too much when I was talking about it in the rules. But you've got, I think, one through eight spots for that turn order. Mm-hmm. And you may choose the one spot, which is first on the, the orbital side. And you don't get anything for that. Then if you go to the two spot, you might get to pick your share of a resource. Then if you go to the three spot, you might get a tactile. This is in addition to your main action at the orbital space. Then over on the colony side, it has stuff like you're going to get to grab a blueprint in, in addition to your main action, different things to, to sauce it up. But of course, the five spot, which is the first one colony side, doesn't have anything. So a lot of that sort of, okay, I go here. Do I want to go first or do I want to get the thing sort of? action and then of course you've got this shuttle right that the shuttle is going to move back and forth between the colony and the orbital back and forth everybody gets to take one turn and then that shuttle moves back and forth until you have moved your colony marker up and created a bigger colony and then that shuttle is going to take longer now it's going to take two actions between turns and if you don't get on the shuttle before it leaves to go to the other side you can be stuck there now you can take that extra action if you're at the orbital to Just waste your turn and go back to the colony... Or you can take one of your rocket ships that you can move on your board after you spent some resources to get it out, and you can fly that sucker over to the orbital as well if you don't want to be stuck. But again, that's three points of endgame that you're giving up when you get rid of that shuttle. So that mechanism and manipulating that mechanism, in addition to everything else that you're doing, is really what the straw that stirs the drink in this one.
0: Yeah, And I'm going to echo real quick that the turn order thing because I think most games when you start playing... You know, it's like, ooh, look look at that, you know, cool thing that I can go get. But well, but boy, in this game, once I've started to play it a little bit more, I mean, boy, getting to that first or, or that fifth spot on the one side or the one spot on the other, that's a heck of a lot more important than trying to just grab a free extra thing. So yeah, so that turn order is, is excellent. Good good point.
2: Yeah, and I just love and even just thematically that shuttle leaving and if you're not there. You're going to be sitting there for a little bit, waiting for it to come back and Mm -hmm. pick you back up. Right. I I
1: love that mechanism,
2: and they just did a fantastic job with that.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I also really enjoy the sort of coopetition in it. So you could build a tile out, right? You could build a uh, hydroponics building, a water building, let's say. And then I might grab a blueprint that is an advanced building that will go on that tile, so it kind of gives me that feeling of CO2 where you set out the framework and then I can put something on top as well. And, the, but unlike CO2, I feel like with the executive actions, you can combo a little bit more and better.
0: A hundred percent. I was about, cause I was thinking the exact same thing. Definitely. You can, you could kind of let it out there for other people to use, but unlike in CO2 where you have no choice you build it and somebody else is going to probably build it before it gets back to you here you have some moves that you can do so yeah i totally agree with you on that i do like that part of this game
1: the other nice thing about it too is that there is a lot of there are a lot of steps to strategic planning involved so you might want to build because when you look at the colony marker, it's going to be more advantageous for you to build buildings that the colony wants because you will get bonus a- bonus actions or bonus resources and more points when you build the buildings that the colony wants. You can build any kind of building that you have the tech or the card or the blueprint to build, but if you build those bonus sections, you will move the marker up to the colony and hence push the end game a little bit and also Again, be able to get those extra actions. So sometimes you have to build strategically and you have to look out, okay, well, I'm here so my bot can build what's adjacent to it and I have to be close to that section. But I also have to see that no two turns down the road, somebody else is going to build an advanced building that they're going to then want to build on mine. And I've got a scientist which I can stick on their building and get that action.
0: Right. Wraps all around like it's a big weave that you're kind of weaving together throughout the game yeah absolutely that's that is a really cool part of it
2: every time you played were you always teaching someone new i mean obviously not the solo player game but yes you always i was because yep. so i was curious as far as like those i can't remember what they're called but like the a b c the, the cards that the end did game you just stop using i never them? used those okay i never after used that, those yeah. after
1: our game because i just didn't feel like they were it just it, it was it became just another step and you right. want to you want to just that what what Richie's talking about is something that gives you some some things to go after, but you can kind of try stuff and see stuff that's near your board, and you don't necessarily have to have to do. Yeah, because it seemed like they gave you something
2: to go after, but it did not seem like it gave you something to go after that was worthwhile. Like,
0: oh, you're <laughs> talking about the extra cards? Yes, yeah, the yes. A and B cards oh, okay. that they recommend. I thought you were you talking about with. how you put that big those big A B C blocks out there to move oh, no, 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 no. up the the tracks to end the no. game whatever. No. Yeah, I didn't play with those after, and I only played the one game with you, Chad. And I didn't play with those anymore after that either. And yeah, yeah, I those just seem like
2: they really. more distract you and take you yeah, off right. some weird and place than anything else. It's it a
1: very beginner thing that they put in the game to just give you some sort of so you, it, so you weren't left standing with your shoulder shrugged, you know.
0: They did the same thing in Lisboa, didn't they? And I don't think I ever used them. I think something like that. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I think and you know, and you you touched on this, but I think the thing that is most interesting to me in this game is the fact that you have, you know, actions on the orbit and you have actions on the planet and you can only take those actions on if you're on one side or the other. So really having to plan out, okay, I need to do this action, but oh boy, I need to do that action. How do I make sure that I'm back to there to do that? Otherwise, you know, there was a couple of times, I think, especially the first couple of games I played where I'm sitting on the colony side and all of a sudden it's like, I don't even have an action to do, you know, like the, everything's just worthless to me. Yeah. And you really got to watch out for that.
1: Well, and you can, the the thing is you have to have some colonists, some extra workers on your board. Cause sometimes you do have to put those colonists out on spaces. And again, if other people are at those spaces, you have to spend either more resources or more colonists to go there. Right. Kind of like Lisboa makes you do when you're getting an audience with the king and so forth. Right. So, that matters as well, so yes, you can get stuck with no with no guys with no colonists on your board. You can draw them back at certain points, but sometimes you get stuck with none on your board and and nothing to do except go the other way unless you get a special tile or benefit with your rover or something like that right. that lets you take another side's action
0: yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, I think one of the other things I really like about this game is if other somebody else is really going crazy on a technology instead of you going. Well crap, I wish I could use that technology you can in this game. All you got to do, in fact, you don't I don't even, you don't even have to pay them anything. They just get the They get the that oxygen, oxygen or resource from, the, from the bank. That's you, what's so cool. Right. You're not like strapped like, "Oh, I don't have that resource, I can't use it." You can always use somebody else's now. They get that benefit of either they can move up the, their technology even better or they get that oxygen, but still, that's a really nice thing to say. Oh, yeah, your rover can move eight. Guess what? Now I can move eight also. And I think that is a really that's just a really smart decision i really like that in that game
1: when when i've played it it sort of becomes a negotiation almost like so what you got to pay that extra resource go take that tech go (laughs) take that tech over there you should take it and and then i'll get to use it and we can all use it we're going to move this colony marker up and you'll get this and i'll get that but yeah the great thing is the resource comes from the bank and now you should never keep that oxygen unless there's a way that you move your tech tiles up that you kind of graduate them to be more and more powerful and sometimes you'll get stuck and you can't move one up because the other ones haven't moved up. So if somebody takes an action where that's jammed up, you just have to take the oxygen, but you always for end game scoring want to try to move it up.
0: Well, I don't, but I'm going to, I'm going to say one thing though, there was a couple of times where I had the opportunity, but I didn't want to, because then it would have been able, somebody else would have been able to build Another tile because the technology would have been up higher because of how far your those upgrade ones go or the uh, not the upgrades but the uh, the different types of ones you know the the, the blueprints yeah, that are more powerful. Buildings. So there was one time where I was like, "Ooh, I'm not gonna move up because then I know that they would like to use that resource again, and now it'll be up higher. And if I don't move it up." They can't build that other thing. So I think that there is still some little bit of gamemanship in that still. Uh, yeah, I would say probably most of the time you're going to be moving it up. But I would say there's sometimes you just might not. I mean, you Richie, you say, I mean, this is this is one of your tops, if maybe not the top Lacerda. I
2: think I got to put it tied with Vino's. At the moment, I, I need more plays for sure. Well,
0: What happened to the Gallerist? The Gallerist is number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were saying tied for number no, one. No, 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 no. Okay, Gallerist so is number Gallagher. one. Still far and then, away, number okay, one. Okay, then me. Vinos and and On Mars are kind of sitting there in the second right. tier. Okay, yeah. So we'll see. You were freaking me out. No, there no, for no. A <laughs> freaking me <laughs> the out. The
2: Gallerist okay. is safe.
0: All right. <laughs> so the next thing I know, you're going to be telling me Lisboa is your number one game. All right.
2: Although I'm curious uh, where it is for Chad, but maybe we'll get into that when we well, get to the rankings. Here in just a
0: moment. So, so anything else that you guys want to? Whoa. What about you? What do you guys think about those executive actions? Because I thought they're a lot tighter in this game than most Lucerta. You know, a lot of times those executive actions, they're just they're not it's terribly hard or whatever. But like in this frosting. Game, yeah, yeah. Usually this was like, oh, boy, I really want to make sure to save up these crystals. And I like how the executive actions, you could improve them by getting those shuttles out of the way. You could improve those. And all of a sudden it's like, ooh. Now I can do this right, and you could
1: get you could focus on something by taking one shuttle off that somebody else or one ship off that somebody else isn't doing. You know, so it, it's it's kind of like you can sort of specialize in what you want to, and somebody else might be doing different executive actions. Yeah, absolutely. which is really kind of cool. Yeah, it
2: takes a lot more planning compared to his other games for sure. Yeah, yeah. and it seems like it much more impactful to like your overall gameplay compared right. to his other games.
0: And, and you want to make sure that because the crystals are what gives you that option to do those. And if you don't take or use those things and you start getting more crystals, then you can't hold any more crystals. So then you're just wasting it. So you want to be real careful with that. However, any crystals that you get on your turn, you don't get those until the end of the turn. So you can't use those executive actions. But there's one other way that you can also use executive actions that I thought was really interesting with those scientists. Mm -hmm. If you get a scientist that goes along with one of your cards that you've done an upgrade on, your blueprints that you've done the upgrade... You can just do those for free every turn, or oh yeah,
1: you can see that somebody else has been built an upgraded uh, an upgraded building that holds an oxygen scientist and put that oxygen scientist on it, and then you get that action every turn, and that player gets that action for free where they might have had to spend two crystals
0: to do it otherwise. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I, yeah, I didn't do, I haven't done that yet. I haven't put my scientists, I'm keeping my scientists on my side <laughs>
1: Sometimes before. that's valuable, even if even if other well, people I'm build
0: i a little stingy, it. I don't know. I, don't I, would say, I it, did I don't it once to
2: one of your buildings. I think you did. It did not was, work out
0: for no, me. No, I was like, sweet! <laughs> 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 I'm going to just keep kicking this guy off, this is awesome!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting moving, the and then you can, but you could move that scientist, too, to another building, so right. yeah. if right. it can hold them. So you can kind of move that scientist back and forth. And it's interesting, because we talked about it a little bit in the rules but there are going to be three end game conditions where if you've done enough of a thing then that triggers end game so like four scientists like i mentioned so if four people have taken the scientist you know then that's one end game condition mm-hmm. and that's another cool thing about this game is how you can really push the end game if you wanted to where you are really pushing down certain things and getting mm-hmm. all three met or if nobody's doing those things as you move the colony marker up by building certain buildings that need to be built for the colony, that will help push along end game as well, regardless of whether you're doing those objectives.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's another really cool thing that I thought in this game is when to upgrade the colony or to move up the the uh, you know the colony tracker up. You have to build one of each of the buildings out on the board, and until you do that, then you're like limited on certain things that you can build, like shuttles and different things. And I like the fact that if like, let's say, you know, Richie's built an oxygen building and then I go and I build an oxygen building, I don't get anything. I don't get any points out of it because the colony is basically like, We've already got an oxygen building. We don't need you to build another oxygen building right now. And I think that's a really another thing that's interesting. So you can't just kind of go down. Oh, I'm just going to build oxygen buildings, or I'm just going to build water buildings because you're going to not start scoring victory points for them really. So yeah. another really cool thing that he did in this
2: game. Now, those came in different levels as well, right? As far as like easy, medium, hard, yes. and whatnot. Well,
1: actually, it, it just come the the two uh, the two different kinds of objective things, end game mm-hmm. objectives are short game and long game gotcha which is another great thing again that i'll talk about is you can control how long of a game you want to play and i've played it both ways i played a short game and a long game
2: so how much longer is the long game
1: it's a bit longer and that depends on the player count too so if i know i'm going to play a four-player game of this and i don't want it to be a really long game then i'll choose two shorter game objectives so i can control that a little bit and it's nice it makes a difference but it still feels like I've gotten enough out of it that I wanted, even at oh, a four-player yeah. shorter game.
0: So let's jump right into... I, mean, I think we talked a lot about the gameplay here. Let's jump into player count. So I've gotten to play this at every player count except for the pointless one of one. And, uh, <laughs> you uh, need to not flag on Solo whoa, because whoa. not everybody can play games with
1: every person. So.
0: Uh, that's very true. So I'll right. talk about Solo in a second. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. Chad for C, you Solo listen players up out here. there,
1: okay. you just ignore Clef. All right.
0: Um, so what, what's your feelings on player? I mean, your initial feelings on player counts. Cause I've got some pretty strong feelings here that I'm going to tell you in a minute.
1: I having played it at all player counts and I'll leave solo off for just a second, but I, I like it actually at all player counts. I, and if I'm going to play the four though, I do want two shorter objectives. I, I still get the inner interaction out of it. And we can still push end game hard if we want to or, you know, kind of build what, the way we want to and control the game a little bit. And I find the investment still worth it because, again, you talked about how uh, it, it depends on what building somebody's building. I mean, so the game is not going to be the same every time at all. It really depends on what everybody's doing. So I really like it at all player counts.
2: So the four-player game that you played on the last day at ATB Con... Was that with two short?
0: No, that was with two longer ones.
2: Okay, Cause I th- didn't you? I mean, I thought he finished not that far after us. No, in I, container. I, I
0: think we made a joke that to see if he'd be done like by three o'clock or something, right. and then he was done pretty quick. So yep. I mean, you now I think you had some pretty good, solid people playing that game. Right. who were not they were pulling levers. They weren't worried about you know. Yeah, they uh, weren't and over anything, and they're. So and I, we had to stop for
1: the awards and and raffles in the middle too. So keep yeah down.
0: yeah. So did we in our good game of container? And I was like, all right, let's move <laughs> on to, to the container game here. The second time I played the game, it was at four players, and it was with players obviously that were still even even the players who were had played it before were still learning it because of, you know you're just not going to know it well enough after the first game. And it was a it was a little bit of a rough game and there was a point where I literally clocked my in between my two turns. It was like something close to 10 minutes or something like that. And it wasn't necessarily because the players are having a lot of AP, but there is a lot of decision-making that you need to do because there's a lot of planning as in all the CERTA games. And then obviously not only are you planning your turn, but then a lot of times you got to think, okay, am I going to take an executive action? What executive action am I going to take? If I do take one, you know, those type of things. And of course there's certainly the, Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, wait, uh, you can't do that. Oh, I don't have the ability to do that. Okay, so then I got to start over. So that was happening a little bit. And I'll tell you, for me, there was a point where when it starts to become that long between my turns, I get a little disconnected from the game. It just I am I lose interest in trying to do my best or trying to win in the game because I'm just kind of disconnected. And I think, honestly, towards the end of that game, I was I was just trying to kind of push the end game. Not because I was winning, but because I wanted the game to be over with. And so that was, I was a little concerned at that point. And I was like, ugh, okay. But I'll tell you this. I came back a few days later and I played a two-player game uh, with our friend Joe Farrell. And it was one of the best games of you know that I've played in a long time. It was a real, real good game. I uh, <laughs> I pulled the old woe is me move in the middle of the game, you know, telling Joe, oh, there's no way I can win type of thing. And then I snuck up and still won by two points there at the end of the game. Pulled off a yeah, <laughs> nice move. Automobile. Sorry, Joe. I think that's the yeah. second time you told that story. <laughs> Did I tell that story before? Yeah. I'm so happy with that story. Um, but it is it is really good at two. I really, the, the cat and mouse of it. You know, the the, mm. the you know and the, even the turn order, which a lot of times in two-player games, turn order is not a big deal. Boy, in this game, it yep. can be really, really big. Yeah, with those so, resources on there and yeah. stuff
1: and the different tiles you can pull I up. Mean, it, it's
2: it's yeah. definitely interesting I so was, how long was the two-player game
0: oh i bet you we got done an hour and a half probably maybe. and these were two That's players perfect. that yeah. two players
1: that had already both played and the we game. So, yeah
0: yeah and obviously and I, like i said i think if i went back and played a four-player game now if people knew what they were doing it probably would be a little bit better you know because starting to understand the game um but i i feel like and i think richie you you said this too as with a lot of Lacerda games, I feel like for me, two to three is usually going to be my sweet spot. I yeah. mean, I'm not sitting down to a four player game of no. Lisboa. Not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I know, Chad, you would. But for <laughs> me, at least, I mean, I've even, seen even, Chad play. Uh, even Gallarist, I don't game. really want to sit down to a four player game of Gallarist. I'm, I'm much more happier at the three player game. That, than, yeah, yes, because that know?
1: gets out of control with all the kickbacks.
0: Exactly. I mean, it can be a long time between turns. So. I think, for me, that's just a normal Asserta thing. I don't think that's anything on this game. I just think a normal... I'd rather play that at a two- or a three-player count for the most part on I can understand game, that. So.
2: All right, fellas.
1: Well, Whoa. let me real quick Whoa. talk about the solo. Really, really quick. Oh, oh, right? right? oh, yeah.
0: So, hey, I'm going to go get a soda real quick. Yeah. <laughs> anything, <Reggie>? oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, give me a sorry. drink. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so...
1: Now, it is a big setup, because you're basically setting up for a two-player game when you do this, which isn't always my favorite thing to do if I'm not going to play with another player. But I will say, this, like I said, is very well laid out in the rule book. It has cards that detail Lacerda's actions. Uh, Once you go through that card deck, the second time you go through, he starts moving up mission markers based on those cards. It's, It's very interesting. And this is laid out, too. There are... Three levels of of difficulty to play this on, right? With the solo goals. Let me just tell you the first level. Reach at least colony level three. Okay, that seems okay. Complete at least one contract. Yeah, that's probably doable. Uh, complete one private goal card. Yeah, we could do that. Have at least a level six tactile and have more points than Lacerda. And that's just the level one. That's not easy to do all those things together. And that's just the level one. So there's a lot to do in this. If you are a solo player and will be playing it, I would I would definitely recommend it. It's a very good puzzly experience that's set up pretty well, and you'll have plenty to... To puzzle over and even after you've played it it's a fun way to kind of learn different things in the game because he has different goals that he's going after which kind of teach you what to look at in the game as well
0: so
2: if you don't mind playing digitally you have tabletopia it is on tabletopia for if you want to play solo right as well which at least cut out the setup time
1: there you go
0: okay so you guys anything else before we get to the rating we're good
2: i say we rate this let's bad boy let's
0: do it all right richie give them that wonderful Punchboard paradise rating
2: on Punchword Paradise, we rate it on a six-point scale, with a one being a game that makes you miserable, and a six being a game that could possibly be in your top ten of all time. And let's start with Clef.
0: Okay, well, yeah, I'd love to start off with giving my rating. Um, I was obviously, I I think I had cooled a little bit on Lacerda after Lisboa, and not to say Lisboa is not a great game, because it is... It just was a little bit just out of my wheelhouse for me. Just didn't didn't do it quite for me. So I think I had cooled a little bit on Lacerta. So when this was announced, I was kinda of, oh, I guess the other game, Escape Plan, had kind of cooled me a little bit too. So this had kind of just I mean, it was coming. I knew Chad was gonna get it. I didn't have to worry about it, type of thing, and I had kind of forgotten about it. But certainly once Chad had it, I was excited. I was looking forward to playing it. And the plays, you know, the, the our first play was was entertaining. It was you know, back and forth. Um, I can't remember who won our three-player game, Richie? You. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, I, you know, it was it was good. It was a fun time. And then, like I said, I had a little bit of the slog with that four-player, but, boy, the next couple of times in that two-player game that I had with Joe really cemented this game. I mean, this is a solid, good game. This, to me, is Lacerda at his best. I mean, and I would agree with Richie. This one's probably going to be like right in that Vinos level for me, like a little bit below Gallarus, but just right there. So I got to give this a solid five. This is a great game. I think Lacerda did a great job. Beautiful components. And hey, you can't beat being Matt Damon in a game, right? So yeah, this is a this is a very solid five for me. All right, Richie, what what are you going to give it?
2: Uh, I'm going to be right at that that five as well. Like I said, it's it's right up there with Vinos. Uh, the galleris is my ideal lacerda because sometimes his games can just be a step too far what i want to do for a game a lot of work sometimes a lot of fiddly things going on that you have Mm -hmm. to keep track of a lot of little rules that you have to keep track of but this um even though i mean weight wise that this is probably up there with lisboa but the theme i don't know i just connect to this theme better i i I understand that a lot of people think that lisboa is like one of his most thematic sure i mean set that in front of someone and and have them tell you what's going on. Yeah, they won't be able to do it. But with on Mars, they could. We <laughs> <Her body> should <laughs> see Chad shaking his head, rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> so I, I'm excited to get more plays in, and uh, it, it may, you know, if I can. I don't know. It may not be one of my 10 purchases of the year, but (laughs) (laughs) it might. If this was last year, I would have already bought it.
0: I can't wait till March when (laughs) Richie's like, okay, I got one left. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be
2: tough, but I'm going to make it. (laughs) All right, Chad. So you gave it a five? Five. All
1: right. Solid five. All right, Chad, round us out. Well, this is going to be a triumvirate then, because I'm going to give it a five, and mm-hmm. I would say it is it is one of his best. Lisboa is still up there for me because Lisboa has multi use cards. That's really what sets it up. That's really what puts it above for me. And this sits again the the second below Lisboa is Vinos, and I just haven't gotten quite enough plays of Mars in yet. But it could go above Vinos. We I don't know. I don't know. I have to play it more. But I think one of the things I feel like with this game, I think that. Because of the theme, it's going to drag more people in than might normally play a Lacerda game. And it's going to be a little bit of a barrier at first. But I think if they can get over that hump to the game, I think it turn people on to Lacerda, a whole nother, a group of people. And I, I think that's great because it's very thematic. But what it does, it does really well. I mean, guys, this is the Mars that I want to terraform, okay? This is the way I want to terraform Mars.
0: Ooh, little, little dig at another. Mm. I, I, I to, I'm just saying that's what I prefer now, to do. I, was I might have to this, bleep though, you out there. Is is the is this kind of a little bit behind the times though? Because like the Mars thing was really big like three or four years ago with the Matt Damon movie. Now it's coming and,
2: back
1: up. We're about you know, to send people to Mars. So there you go. Yeah, it's pretty soon here. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, we'll, I mean we'll it's see. really hard to be to be on. A cycle with a game because of how long it takes to go through the testing and, and sure. And sure. Balancing. No, I
0: was, well, I was just, and I don't, maybe I've told this story before, maybe I'm just getting old and senile and I don't remember anything, but I was talking to Ryan Courtney at Gen Con and he said, cause I was asking him questions about, you know, how long after you, develop a game, you know, you you get a game and you show it to somebody. How long before it actually gets published? And he's like, it takes a long time. And that's one of those things that he wishes was a quicker process because you know, you might have something that is kind of you know, right with the time or whatever. And then if it takes two or three years for it to come out, maybe it's not quite as popular as it was back then. So just, I was just a curious thought or, you know, that, that I had on that.
1: One thing I will say about it is this might because this might get me to say bye-bye to co2 just because what co2 does for me is that sort of coopetition thing and i don't really i i don't really like as much in the game for me personally and i do like how mars does it a little bit
0: i, I think you should have said bye-bye <laughs> to co2 a long time ago <laughs> well I that's just I you that. uh, i'm a big
1: lucerta fan so it's hard for me to say that but
0: i i think that escape plan right in with your yeah. uh, right bananas bring bring them on Stop over it. to the goodwill have somebody pick one of those up
2: i would still be shocked the, if he sold a Lucerta,
1: uh,
0: even one he didn't happen. like. It's not happening. Nah, it's not going to happen. He doesn't sell games, period. There's all right, anything.
1: so folks, <laughs> to wrap it up, that is a five <laughs> from all three of us on Mars is hot on the shelf.
0: Well, now let's talk about another game that we all rated a five. A look back at the Estates. Chad, what did you rank the estates? I think you, <laughs> you just, just said. spoiled it. <laughs> so it what? <laughs> <laughs> and guess what?
1: Something exciting. This is gonna move up to a six for me. This what? game is I haven't done my updated top fifty yet, which will happen soon. But this game is flipping awesome. I love this game. I can't play it with everybody, but that doesn't always determine what's a six. But I just this game does something that's different than every other game because it is a mean and nasty game, but it is just so fun to play and just giggle and mess over people and try to form alliances and try to embezzle money and get away with it and give somebody four companies at a time that they have to keep track of.
0: Wow. I think it's got to be the first that we've moved up on a game, that some one of us has moved up on a game. Because I think we've moved down on quite a few games. Possibly.
2: I don't know. That's a good huh. question.
0: That is a good question, huh? So, Richie, uh, well, as I've said, we all gave these fives. I really <laughs> lost that punchline there. What, uh, so you gave it a five. Where would you be at with it right now? I'm still at a five.
2: It's uh, one of my favorite auction games, if not my favorite auction game. We'll see when we redo, redo our top 50s here pretty soon. Yeah, it's great i've played it several times since we reviewed it it's in my collection for good it's a five if you haven't played it yet go out and get it you can't beat it it's a great little game
0: it definitely is a game that the players you play it with can make a difference
2: yes i uh, that's, I, that's I would agree.
0: one thing on it that you've definitely got to have players you know that may, just like the game of container that we played uh you know, that was kind of a flat game with three, but then we played container this weekend also. Yes. And you know, that made a big difference with the group. So I will say that with the States is it can make a difference, but for the most part, it's not a hard complex game to play. It's fairly easy to understand, you know, here's what you're doing. Um, and it has been some of the more fun games that I have had, even like when I laugh at myself because of stupid mistakes that I make. And all of a sudden you just know Mm. you're screwed. It's just that good and fun. Now, I'm not going to quite go with Chad because I don't think it quite would break my top 10 of all time, but this is a solid five, and I 100% am really glad it's still on my shelf. We'll still play this at all times, and in fact, quite honestly, I don't think I've gotten this game played in a couple months. It just made me think of, we got to get this game back. I took it with me this past weekend. I had it with me, too. Not enough time. No, not enough time. Not enough, especially when you're playing nine-hour games of Root.
1: Well, let's find out what the guild had to say about the estates. Brian Larson said, Love this one. The components are perfect, and it brings a unique spin to the auction genre, with it only going around a single time, and the auctioneer always having the option to pay or be paid. Best played with a group that has played it before, once is good, so they have a good idea of how the game can swing back and forth. Love the ever-changing alliances that happen throughout the game. Solid five on the PP scale for me.
0: The Always eloquent Ben Maddox says, I want to play this game so much, I can't find it in Europe. Ben, maybe it's time to move to the U.S. of A. I don't know. You know, if the zombie apocalypse takes over there, you know, yeah. maybe he has maybe a safe Maybe this might place. be the safe place yeah. over here. Yeah. Might Think be. about it, Ben. All right.
2: Although, if you can tell, we're all out of breath because we just had to push Clef's wife out of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of an ice bank. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe
0: we'll be Arizona. Patrick and Jason, there we, can we meet go. Up with them down there.
2: <laughs> Brian Weiss says, "The Estates is the best auction game there is. Its elegant and simple mechanics are hiding what is one of the most cutthroat games you can play. The once round auction." paired with the auctioneer's choice of either paying or being paid is just brilliant. It makes every auction tense and also keeps the game moving along. Everything in the game is player-driven from the order in which pieces are auctioned to where they get placed and even which companies you decide to own. It all comes down to having the money you need when you need it, knowing that at least one row and possibly more will score negative points, necessitates planning, and can often lead to some semi-cooperative alliances. With a good group, the game is just fantastic. This gets a six from me.
1: Woo, all right. Well, I feel like we should just read one more just to give a counterpoint to it. But most of our Punch bunchers seem to really like this game. Aaron Schmidtkins, though, says, I played it once and could definitely see what people see in it. It's a brilliantly simple design with unique mechanisms. However, the in-your-face nature of the game just isn't my style. I feel no need to add this one to my collection. I'd give it a 2 on the PP scale. It's me, not the game. So there you have it. That's a little bit of a range, but by and large, most of the Punch Bunch like our like like that game, like us. Uh, I would say if you don't like in-your-face stuff, this this can be oh, that way. So. If you don't yeah, for like sure. mean
0: games, stay away because yeah, it is definitely. mean and, and backstabby and ruthless, uh, for sure.
1: Well, Tabletop Blog talked to us on Twitter, and they asked us something that I don't understand why we haven't been doing it all along. Uh, we're stupid? Yeah, must be. Yeah. I, I'll give it that. We're stupid. But yeah. Tabletop Blog asked us. Can we get the results of what the last draft was
0: on the Guild? Yeah, why have we yeah. not been doing it? And I, you
2: know what? I think this week is the perfect week to
1: start. Oh,
0: yeah, of course you would. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Well, at least I wasn't last, so sure. Okay, let's do it this. Yeah, let will start. <laughs> so this one was for who drafted
1: the best games of 2019. Uh, Richie comes in first with 47.7% of the vote. Clef comes in second with 318 and I come in last at
0: 205 can you, can you say you? that? Can you say that last part again? There. The, <laughs> all yeah. right. All right.
1: Now I just you started <laughs> off strong. I yeah, you really did. do okay with these drafts. Uh, this, usually you win these drafts. Yeah, You're okay, pretty consistent. I, I, You know what? Here, I, I just want to read a couple of these, or you guys can chime in too. But look at this. My vote is for not Chad, <laughs> and that's despite Pipeline being my number two. Uh, Richie would win based on only only on the games I've played, but Clef has two that I still want to play, and Richie only has one. Uh,
0: okay, oh, that's one not chad yeah 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 well, let me read the other I one like here <laughs> uh joe farrell said i'm afraid i also have to vote for the no chad what the heck <laughs> <laughs> oh i've always said the punch bunts are a bunch of smart guys rich they are. yeah and gals <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> yeah and then bryce says unfortunately for chad the one game that i actively disliked was pipeline so that blows uh, so blows he's not there. voting for you yeah. either i don't All this anti... Basically, there are a lot of people saying, anybody but Chad. Chad.
2: You should have finished Bryce's uh, little statement there. But it's actually an easy choice to go with Richie on this one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, Richie wins this one. But you know what? If you want to help us out, Punch Punch, because we're sometimes an unimaginative bunch over here, why don't you either... Well, we'll put a post up on the guild... I want your thoughts for what the winner should get to do for the next episode. So the next time we do a draft, uh, we should let the winner do something. Hopefully, fairly minor, but you know, uh, think of something. Uh, the next episode, okay. we do a draft like that it. the winner gets what whatever that is, uh, and we'll pick what we you know we'll pick from among the best that we that we like. I like
0: that. And on that note. We're going to – we, we kind of want feedback, period, right? I mean, we're about to go into doing this for two years, guys. It flew by. I mean, we're not that far away from two years. And we would like to just have some feedback. What are uh, some of the things of what do you guys think we do well? What are some things you wish we did some more of or did, period? I mean, this was a great example of somebody reaching out to us and saying, hey, here's something that you should do every single time and didn't even dawn on us. So uh, we're going to work on a – Basically, kind of a, a survey uh, that we will be putting out there into our guild and into the to the Twitterverse and you know Going Slack chat, like, yeah, you know, Slack chat, where we can just get your guys's feedback on some just some things. So you just kind of help us out and you know just kind of feel some things that you guys are thinking. So um, hopefully, by the time you hear this episode, we'll have that out the same day so that you guys can check that out and yeah. I think I've said, give us your feedback like seven times. So I'm not going to say that again. I'm going to say, give us your feedback, knowledge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feedback knowledge. Yeah. So anyways,
1: that about wraps this episode up. I just want to say one more time. Thank you to Ryan and Dan for hosting a great con. And thank you to everybody that we met and played with and talked to that made it even better for us.
0: Our, our thanks go out to you. Absolutely. I will agree with that. I hope that one day I get to meet every single Punch Punch person and get to play a game with them. That would be a wonderful thing. Uh, So, yeah, thanks once again to Dan and Ryan. That was a great con. And everybody, thank you very much. Uh, We always appreciate the support.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Have a good night. Bye-bye.
1: Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders.com. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.
0: Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska. Where we review the tables and I why the five needs ago, please save that one. <laughs> Where, we on. the tables. Where we discuss the world okay. Where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 47, the Punch Borders. Talk about a recent con that they just got back from. Go on. Yeah, hold <laughs> Okay, hold on. Uh, I'm just going to start that whole thing over. In episode 47, the Punch Borders talk about some recent plays. What else are we doing? in <laughs> the, start, the start, estates. Okay. In episode 47, the Punch Borders talk about some recent plays. We look back at estates. <laughs> i'm sorry we're good in episode 47 the punch borders what the stop okay professional you gotta be professional (laughs) Stop.
1: kickstarter i think they have how many days left richie
0: I thought you were looking at it. That's
1: why.
2: No, I was playing with with these dice. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say you're doing? I was playing with these these dice. dice. (laughs) I was making little stairs with these dice. (laughs) Oh, God. There's so much good material for the end of the episode. Uh...